Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Part three, we're going on the following three churches and what it is to be an overcomer, what it takes, and the progression going from newborn babes to young children, to the little children, to young men, and to their forced fathers, to the apocalyptic sailing in Revelation 7. The overcomers of the young men, we've seen that in John's epistle, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. And I write to you young men, because the word of God is strong in you, and you've overcome the wicked one, those that are overcomers. This is dedicated to chapters 2 and 3 in the book of the Revelation, what it means to overcome in doing the will of God and being counted worthy of that final sailing in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sailing of the servants of God in their forehead. We'll pick that up with, uh, we've already done Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, and now we're going into the last three churches, which is Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. In Revelation 3, and begin reading with verse 1, and uh, unto the angel of the church at Sardis. Right, these things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. And of course, he does the same thing. I know thy works. He does that. Uh, our Lord Jesus does that to every particular church, individual church, in the book of the Revelation. Why? Because these works that accompany salvation to glorify him in heaven. And these works are the final outcome of a faith made perfect. And that faith is the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy. We find that in uh, Revelation 14, 12. They keep the commandments of God, those that are redeemed, and have the faith of Jesus. The faith of Jesus is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And without the testimony of Jesus, we can't understand the book of this prophecy because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy whereby we can discern the book of the revelation. All right. And he says, I know uh, thy works. And he says, thus say they that hath the seven spirits of God. Now they're not seven spirits, but each individual, the uh, attributes of God are listed individually. For example, in Proverbs 8, it's going to say, I wisdom dwell with prudence with me as understanding. I daily was his delight. So each of the individual attributes of God are given a personal, singular personal pronoun. They're not individual spirits. Uh, but they are individual attributes. And that's where some people mess up, thinking that attributes are persons, which they are simply are not. There's never and ever has been seven persons in, in the Spirit of God. Seven spirits, well, those are the seven different attributes, and it means seven for perfection. And we see that in uh, addressed in Isaiah 11 and verse 2 talking about the Lord Jesus Christ that shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. Verse 2, here we see the seven spirits, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now the Spirit of the Lord is that spirit, and we go the Spirit of the Lord, which is the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of understanding, the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of might, the spirit of, spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, 
And to that, if you count those, the Spirit of the Lord, one, the Spirit of wisdom, two, Spirit of understanding, three, the Spirit of counsel, four, Spirit of might, five, the Spirit of knowledge, six, and the Spirit of the fear of the Lord is seven. Obviously, there are not seven different persons in the Godhead. There's only one God, one Spirit, one Lord. And But these are seven attributes of God that are addressed here, and it's in the fullness of the consummation, in the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's the reason why it's so important that we see that in uh, Sardis, that he's saying this is the fullness of uh, God himself in perfection. And we see that with the seven spirits, the seven stars. In other words, the seven stars, the seven angels to the seven churches. And the stars there are in the full consummation in perfection of Jesus Christ. Seven, the perfect number of God. Seven stars, the Pleiades, uh, are the angels to the churches, which are in the spirit of Elijah, which is Jesus in restitution, restoration of all things. So the church must come unto the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man, growing up into him in all things, all truth, so that we're not tossed to and probe every wind of doctrine. Going on with Sardis. Be watchful, he says, thou hast a name that you live and you are dead. Now, many people think that they are right in God, but yet are the dead walking. Let the dead bury the dead. And Jesus said the faith there is dead. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. They're not in the present truth. Now, he says, be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. In other words, the things of faith that you have received before, which are not in the present truth, but they are remnant, they still remain over, that are ready to die. For we either go on into all truth or we're backsliding. We're either walking in the light as he's in the light or we are backsliding and not walking in the light as he's in the light. So the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more until the perfect day. We must be in the present truth and the proceeding word of God, for man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And this is what he's saying to the church at Sardis to strengthen those things, the basic tenets of faith that you have received, but there you must walk in this present truth because you have a, a witness that you're, you're alive and yet you're dead. You're dead to the present truth. And he says, I have, why? Because I have not found thy works perfect before God. The works was somebody's, well, I didn't think the works were necessary for salvation. Oh, yes, they are. Faith without works is dead. And faith being alone, can faith alone save you? James says, no. You show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. And he said, I have not found your works perfect before God. He's looking for perfect works unto perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. So he said, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. In other words, do your first works over, walk in the light as he's in the light. Walk in the present truth. If therefore thou wilt not watch. Well, what's that? Watchman, misbah. That is watchman, what of the night? What of the night? The night cometh and also the morning. 
If he return, return, come. Return what? Return back to God. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. In the second day, he will revive us. And in the third day, he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. That after the second day, that revival we've been in for over 2,000 years. We're in the third day now. And in the third day, which we are in now, God said he will raise us up. That's exactly what John saw in Revelation 4 verse 1. Not a rapture, but a raised up higher in glory in the proceeding word of God. There was the voice of a trumpet talking with him with that door open. And he said, come up hither and I will show you things, the things of faith. Faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. And I will show you things which will come to pass hereafter. Oh, that's exactly what is happening to the churches. They're in Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. And he says, repent. Walk in the light as he's in the light. Get in the present truth and the preceding word of God. If therefore you will not watch the watchtower, Mispah, the ones that will not walk in present truth are a snare upon Mispah, the watchtower. Why? Because they will not go on into the new thing that God is doing in the new wine and become a new wineskin. They prefer their old better. They want to stay Pentecostals. They want to stay fundamentalists. They do not know there's a new thing that God is doing now. And because of that, that's Sardis. That's the problem that Sardis had. And said, if you don't what? If you don't watch for this thing, and the night cometh and also the morning. A progressive truth in the morning star. If we follow on, his going forth is prepared as the morning. That's watchman, what of the night? The night cometh and also the morning. Well, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. He will come to us as the rain, not the rapture, the rain, the former and the latter. Now, of course, it will consummate in the rapture of the church when the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the, uh, the Lord together in the air. That is truth. But before then, there is a rain. Now, we've had the former rain in the book of Acts, Acts, the second chapter, which was the former rain. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, they have got a part in the spirit upon all flesh, etc. That was the former rain. It was given moderately. But now he said, I'll cause to come down the rain, former and the latter rain, the last great rain of his strength. And this is what he's saying here. The watch, the watchman, what of the night? There we see the power of the Holy Ghost manifest in and through the body of Christ, fulfilling the acts of the apostles. The book of Acts has no amen on it, no end on it. So be it. It is still in progress. And the work of the ministry is and will consummate through Zerubbabel's hands that have laid the foundation, the ones that have come up out of Babylon, coming into present truth, walking in the light as he's in the light, and Zerubbabel's hands will certainly finish it. Zechariah 4, when they bring forth the headstone, the capstone, crying grace, grace unto it. Well, what did God said? If I wet my glittering sword in my hand, take hold on judgment. 
and will render vengeance to his enemies. That's exactly what in the present truth of the word of God that he is doing now with judgments in the world. He said that he did these judgments that men would turn to him in the revelation of the true God and eternal life. Not a trinity God, not a binary, not a two-ness, not a oneness, where they say the man's not God, the man is not God, but is sitting on the right hand of God, but God as spirit is in him. Not realizing the man is God, glorified with the Father's own self, all things in heaven and all power in heaven and in earth given unto him. The man, Christ Jesus, who is God manifest. Therefore, he said, if you will not watch, if you don't come into this present truth, if you don't come into this Feast of Tabernacles, the season of Tabernacles, if you don't come into this Feast of Trumpets and ministry voice of Jesus in these last days, he said, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour will come upon thee. Now, where does he rip referencing there? Paul talked about in 1 Thessalonians 5, that talking about the times and the seasons, that it's superfluous that I write unto you, for you are children of the day and not of the night. You know the times and the seasons, and the seasons are not just one season of fundamentalists of repentance. It's not just Pentecostal and repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the Holy Ghost. The first four feasts, there are three more feasts in truth of the preceding word of God, which is the feast of trumpets, the ministry voice of Jesus. For a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months. The day of atonement, the Yom Kippur, and then, of course, Sukkot, the feast of tabernacles. And that is when the kingdom of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And there is where we are now in present truth for those that have an ear to hear. He said, if you will not, if you will not watch, then you, I will come upon you in an hour that you think not. And at that time, you will literally perish with the world. With Jesus, it's all, you either gather or scatter. You're for or against. You're either in present truth not truth of bypass. That's what he's saying. Sardis, you have things that you remembered, but you're not in the present truth. If you don't come into the present truth, I'll come on you as a thief in the night. So it behooves us to walk in the light as he's in the light in present truth and take heed how we hear. For the same measure we meet with all be measured to us again. To him that hath shall be given, he'll have the more. We get more truth. But to him that hath not, the present truth comes and we don't receive it. To him be taken away even that which he had. You had former things, you had former things in truth. But because you didn't go and continue in faith, you lost it all. So with Jesus, it's all or nothing. We're either in the truth or we're not. In the preceding word of God or we're not. We're either in that golden oil throne room revelation or we're not. And the Pentecostal oil of a beaten olive oil will not work. We have to go on into the present truth of the word of God. He goes on and says, Thou hast a few names even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments. And they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. 
Even there, there was a remnant. There was a few that were walking in present truth. Then he goes and says, He that overcometh, the same shall not shall be clothed in white raiment, which is righteousness of the saints. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. Somebody said, well, it's not possible to be blocked out of the name of the book of life. Oh, yes, it is. He said, if you add anything to the words of this book of this prophecy, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in the word of God, he said, the plagues of this book will be added unto you. If you take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, your names will be blotted out of the holy city and out of the book of life. But he said, if you overcome, I will not blot out your name. And I will confess you before my father and before his angels. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saying to the churches. That's to individually, each believer, to believe the present truth in the word of God, which he's now revealing for the sealing of his saints the servants of God in Revelation 7. There we go to the next church. Now that's Sardis. We have to have perfect works, growing up in him in all things, though we not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and therefore receive the final sealing in Revelation 7, that of fathers. Now, Philadelphia, the brotherly church, brotherly love church, and the angel of the church of Philadelphia writes, these things saith he that is holy, the things of the things of faith. He that is true, and he that hath the key of David. He that openeth, no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Now the key of David is Jesus came after the seed of David. Now Psalm 132, 11, The Lord hath sworn to David, and will not turn from it, that of the fruit of thy body, David, will I, God Almighty, set upon thy throne. Now that will happen in the millennial reign when he will be king over, the, over all the earth and his name one, Zechariah 14. That will be Jesus Christ manifest as, a, as promised to that as the key of David, the house of David, and that how David was blessed, loving. There, then that he of David still applies to the body of Christ. It says in 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, how to try the spirits to see whether they are of God because there are many false prophets that's entered into the world. How do, you can, how do you know the spirit of God, the spirit of truth? Any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that's the key of David. That's a key to the kingdom of God. That Christ in you, the hope of glory, it's the mystery of godliness. Christ in you, the Father in you, the hope of glory, the Holy Ghost. That is the key of David. And any spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God, the Father, the, the Word, the Holy Ghost, God himself, Elohim, El Shaddai, the Lord Jehovah, is come in the flesh, not has come, is come, present, imperfect tense, still coming in the flesh as the body of the Christ, then that spirit is of God. Well, you have to confess that Jesus Christ is the Father. He is uh, the Word. He's the Son. He is that spirit. The spirit of the Son into our hearts, whereby we cry of a Father. Galatians 4, 6. That is the revelation of Christ. And uh, 
that is the spirit of the father, which if you have that Christ doctrine, then you have the father and you have the son. First John 2, 22, who's a liar, but he denied that Jesus is the Christ. He is antichrist that has denied both the father and the son because the father's invisible spirit, which is Christ and the son, which is Christ, which is the invisible spirit of God made manifest one spirit. That's Christ. Christ is all the spirit of God, regardless of what office or what function that spirit is in. It's manifest. That is Christ. Any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. And whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, all the offices, functions of that one spirit is born of God. 1 John 5, 1. That's the key of David. He that openeth no man shut it. You cannot fill yourself with the Holy Ghost. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a free gift of God we receive by faith. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. Just as Paul said, there's an open, pray that a door be open to me, wide and effectual, but many adversaries. Well, there's an open door that no man can shut. This truth will prevail regardless of how many devils and the devil coming down to us having great wrath. He cannot shut this door of utterance in the Holy Ghost. It is impossible. It is open door for us. The truth is there in all truth for us, not partial truth, not seeing through a glass darkly, but coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into all truth. That's an open door. The devil cannot, sh- you know, an open or shut. It, God has opened it, and no man can open nor shut it. For thou hast a little strength in Philadelphia, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. What is the name? The name is progressive. That's the reason why we find in uh, Pergamos, for example, that we are given a white stone. And in that stone is a new name written that only he knows that receives it. It is the name of Jesus. There's no other name in heaven or in earth, in this world or world to come, that the name of Jesus. But it's a higher revelation of the name. Well, if you keep that name, you keep present truth. Because the, the name of Jesus is the blood name and the blood's in the word in the New Testament given for you. That is the blood in the New Testament. So we eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood is uh, receiving the word of God, not only hearing, but doing it. Not only a hearer of the words of the book of this prophecy, but keeping it. And blessed they keep the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus, the revelation of Jesus Christ in these things of faith. And he said, you have not denied my name. You've walked in the truth as it has been revealed to you. He said, behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Now there's many that say that the baptism has nothing to do with salvation. They say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. We've seen that in Smyrna. They're the second church that he wrote to that many say they're Jews and are not, but other synagogue of Satan. Well, Jews is told to us that definition, biblical definition in Romans 2, 28 and 29. Paul said, he is not a Jew that is one outwardly in that circumcision of the flesh. That's not a Jew. Many say they're Jews and are not. They're the synagogue of Satan. Why? Because 
they are Jews, which are one inwardly, and the circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not a man, but of God. Well, that difference is the circumcision of the heart, not the intellect, not the mind, but the heart, the spirit. And the only way you can get circumcised in that heart to believe with the heart is with water baptism in the name of Jesus. That is Romans 6, 1 through 4. That is Colossians 2, 10 through 12. And that is revealed in the book of Acts in Acts 2, 38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission of your sins. That is, your heart is circumcised by baptism, buried with Jesus in baptism, raised in the newness of life. And then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promises unto you, to your children, to as many that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, that is how you get in. That is the, the, the temple of God, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But then you have to overcome to the end, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man. And that is fathers. The fathers fully grown up into Jesus in all things and all truth, so that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. But he says those ones that said that was not necessary, that came against you. They belied the Lord and said uh, uh, that you didn't know God and that this was not necessary. Repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. They said they were Jews, believers, but they were not. They hadn't believed with the heart, being circumcised by water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. They hadn't obeyed that truth. They, because of that, were the synagogue of Satan. Those, he said, that said that against you. Notice he says uh, that I, they do lie, and uh, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. Not to worship up us, the body of Christ, but to worship God. Why? To make them know that I have loved you because you kept his commandments. You love God. You kept his commandments. And that's reciprocal. You love God, he'll love you. You draw a nine to him, he'll draw a nine to you. You sow mercy, you'll receive mercy. But the ones that come against you, sow discord amongst you, rail against you, these are the ones, sowing discord among the brethren, that the Lord says, I'm against them. Those are seven things that I hate. And that seventh thing is an abomination to you that soweth discord among the brethren. You're coming against the true word of God. Now he said, because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation. What's the word of his patience? Well, that you've done the will of God. You have need of patience that after you have done that, that you receive a full reward. You occupy till he comes. The faith faith and patience of the saints that he that leadeth into captivity will go into captivity. He that killed you with a sword will be killed by the sword. Here is the faith and patience of the saints. And that's a word of his patience. It will endure. With the patient keeping of the word of God in your patience, possess you your souls. 
It is your salvation. It is the truth and the word of God. It's a word of his patience, God's patience, which cannot fail. The word of God will never fail. God cannot lie. He said, I'll keep you from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Oh, earth, earth, earth. Hear ye the word of the Lord. The time that God will try all men by fire. And those that turn to God and will obey God will be saved. Those that do not will be damned. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. And it says, be careful to keep that crown and not lose and have that crown taken from you in a volunteering humility, worshiping of angels, intruding to those things which he knoweth not, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. There will be many angelic attacks. And through these trials of our faith, that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. Through these signs, miracles, and lying wonders, which they will do. It's not God. It's not the Spirit of God. It's angelic that have working through and in those that receive and worship these angelic hosts. And when they do that, they have some kind there of signs and miracles and lying wonders. But they're spirits of devils working miracles. We find it in Revelation 16, 13. It's a very uh, power uh, behind the angelic host of the Trinity denominations. It says that it is a dragon out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Three unclean spirits. There's your trinity. Which are spirits of devils, but watch it. Working miracles. Working miracles? Yes, signs, miracles, and lying wonders. And God said, because they've received not the love of the truth, that there's only one God, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, that God himself would send the strong delusion, that they believe a lie and be damned, because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. Righteousness is that Jesus is the Father. John 16. He is the only true God in eternal life. There's not another. He's a blessed and only potentate. Omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent. 1 Timothy 6, 15, 16. There'll be many weeping, gnashing of teeth because of a mistaken identity. And hearing, depart from me, I never knew you, uh, you that work iniquity, lawlessness. You didn't believe the truth. Well, it's be a sad day. It will be a sad day for those. It'll be a glorious day for those in truth. It'll be a sad day for the ones that have missed the mark. And let no man take your crown in a voluntary humility, worshiping these angels, intruding on things into those things which you know have not vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. It's a mind thing. Intellectual pride of thine heart has deceived thee. Seems right to a man. It's an elevation of man but it's not elevating God. Therefore, the Lord says, uh, you'll lose that crown. Take heed that no man take your crown. Straight through to God, occupy till he comes. In the word of his patience, God said he will, that is, and that, that, that determined will be done. In verse 13, he that overcometh, there's another promise. Will I make a pillar 
in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. And I will write upon him the name of my God. The name of my God is Jesus. But he's overcome to the end in present truth. Not partial truth, but the full name of Jesus manifest. And the name of the city of my God will come in one with the Lord. The city of my God, obviously, is the new Jerusalem, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Why do he say my God? Because Jesus is one with us, and we're bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, and son of man, revelation. Then cometh the end when he, that is the son of man, Jesus ahead, and we, the body of the Christ. Will be, he will deliver up the kingdom even to God, the Father, that he may be all through all and in us all. So it's the Spirit of God all the way through it, but the Son of Man is the kingdom, office of the Spirit of God. And we are in him and him and us. And he delivers that kingdom, of which there will be no end and a dominion forever, up to the Father, the Ancient of Days, and then we will no more go out. We will be in the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. I will write upon, write upon him my new name, the full revelation of the name of Jesus Christ our God, in full knowledge, in full truth, in full glory, in that full understanding, in full wisdom. He that hath an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Will we ever be God? No. Will we, will we be sons and daughters of God? Yes. And that's the reason he says, I will write upon the name of my God. Because he has brought us where he is, we there can be there also. We'll see that in the next church a church uh, there in Laodicea. Uh, there when he speaks of that angel of the church at Laodicea. Take a look at verse 14, going to. Now we've covered uh, Ephesus, Myrna, Pergamos, Thyatira. Now we've gone into Sardis. We had some things there, but we didn't go on into the truth. And what happens there? Philadelphia, you have kept that name. Brotherly, brotherly kindness, brotherly love. Let brotherly love continue. No rebuke against Philadelphia. And then we come to the final church right here mentioned in uh, uh, verse 14, Revelation 3, Laodicea. Now, that the angel of the church at Laodicea write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. The Amen is not just so be it. He is the Amen. He is that word the law through the Tav. He is the Alpha to the Omega. He is the A to the Z and all the attributes of God, the Amen. He is that Amen from the beginning. He is that faithful and true witness, the Spirit of God. The faithful and true witness is the only witness there is in truth is the Spirit of truth, Jesus, the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God, the man being made a quickening spirit, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. I know thy works. Again, he's looking for works that are covered in salvation unto perfection. That thou art neither cold nor hot. You're not fervent but you're not completely cold. You're not, you're not fervent and you're not cold. He said, I would, you were either cold or hot. 
neither in or out. Uh, there, and he says, so then because you're lukewarm, you serve God faintly, half-heartedly. You're in church on Sunday, and then you draw close to him with your mouth on Sunday, but your heart's far from him on Monday through Saturday. Uh, we don't work and keep our mind on God, praying continuously, giving thanks in all things, uh, murmuring here, complaining there, and going after mammon, the things of the world. The lust of the world, the pride of life, and the lust of the flesh, the world passed away with the lust thereof. The world's crept in. They're lukewarm. Worldly church and a church that is worldly. And that's what we have here in Laodicea. And he says, because you are lukewarm and you're neither cold nor hot. You're not on all the way and you're halfway lukewarm. I will spew you, vomit you out of my mouth. Now that means totally out of the word of God. Out of the proceeding word of God. Living by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He says, I spew you out of my mouth. No proceeding word. Pretty radical uh, and, and harsh judgment there. We either get in all the way or not. We have to be fervent. We have a fervent, fervency, hot uh, love for God, not lukewarm, faintly serving him. Thinking, well, I've, you know, I've got salvation made, so I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, doing the works that accompany salvation. I mean, I'm saved, sanctified, and that's it. I've got a one-verse Charlie I'm going in on. That's what my pastor said. We're going to find out that is not the truth. Laodicea is going to prove it. There, what do they say? Uh, well, like most church members, and nothing against that. I'm just saying this is the word of God because you say I'm rich. I'm increased with goods. I've got plenty of money in the bank and uh, profit sharing plans and a uh, stock portfolio. And I have a nice uh, uh, portfolio. My investment portfolio looks very good. I'm rich and I'm creased with goods. I have need of nothing. I don't need anything. I've got God and I've got my houses and lands and cars and bank accounts. I'm rich towards self. So I don't need anything. And knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Whew. Wow. What a mistaken identity. I counsel thee to buy me gold trying in the fire. You were one of the ones that did not believe the cross was necessary to crucify the flesh with affection of the lust. You thought you could have the affection and the lust of the flesh and God too. You had a crossless Christianity. The only way you can buy gold tried in the fire is through your fiery temptations that the Lord through the Holy Ghost gives you. That's chastening rod of God and these manifold temptations. They count it all as joy when you fall into these temptations. Why? Because though your faith is tried as by fire, the faith has to be tried by fire. God gives you a revelation of the word. It's going to be tried by fire that it can come forth as pure gold. And he said, I want you to grab, I want you to buy me gold. Tried in the fire. Buy the truth, sell it not. But it's got to be tried by fire in the Holy Ghost. That tribulation worketh patience. This trouble that you go through. These temptations and trials that you go through. is a trial of the faith. Not to destroy you. But so that your faith can come forth as pure gold. 
In other words, the word then will be not only in your mind, but in your spirit and in your bones. It will be tempered mortar, mortar that's been through the fire to build up your wall of salvation. But many build up that wall with untempered mortar and thinking that there's a crossless Christianity. You can have the world and Jesus too. And you have your gone to church and you've got all your beautiful houses and lands and cars and bank accounts and your investment portfolios. And, and because of that, you've lost your soul. You're poor, wretched, naked, blind, destitute. And I'm not saying the Lord is. Don't get mad at me. This is the word of the Lord. And this is going to be a many that have a mistaken identity thinking they're right with God, rich and have need of nothing, and really will totally miss the mark because of a crossless Christianity. And he says, there's one way to remedy it. Buy me gold, God's gold, try it in the fire. And that is the fire of the Holy Ghost. That thou mayest be rich, you can be. And white raiment, righteousness of the saints, that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. If you don't have that eye salve, that I be single on Jesus, then there's no way. If an eye be single, the whole body's full of light. If thine eye be darkness, how great is that darkness? He's telling you here why. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. You've got a chastening rod of God. It's called trouble, tribulation. Paul said, we're troubled on every side, but not in distress. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. And we're cast down, but not destroyed. In the last days, the devil will cast the truth to the ground. He can't destroy it, but he will cast it down. Why? Our faith will be tried as by fire. That our faith and patience is those that lead into captivity, go into captivity. That killed with the sword will be killed by the sword. Here's the faith and patience of the saints. Well, that is through the fire, knowing our fiery trial, which is to try you, though some strange thing happen to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings and the glory of God resteth upon your head. There's only one way for that. You're not only called to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer with him. Very few churches today preach the cross and a crucified life in order to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. And there's only one way to get Christ, and those that are Christ have crucified, mortified the deeds of the flesh. They are walking in the light as he's in the light, realizing that the mind of Christ is, for as much as he has suffered in the flesh, we are to be likewise minded. For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Lay to see it and get it. They didn't understand these things. And because of that, he's given them a chance to buy gold, try it in the fire. And he says, as many as I love, I chasten. This is the chastening rod of God because he loves you. Not he's not trying to drive you away. He's trying to get you to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust and the lust of the eyes, the pride of the life and the lust of the flesh, the love of the world so that you can live. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. You cannot love the world. Have all these goods and all this, and I have need of nothing, and build up, you know, you're, you're rich toward self and not rich toward God. Well, that, that's that exactly what the Lord said. 
It was a man whose grounds brought forth plentifully. And he said, what shall I do? I have much good, but it's a time there that he didn't have enough room. He said, I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barns and I'll build greater. I'll expand my business. I will have much goods stored up for many years. Then I'll say to my soul, eat, drink, and be merry, soul, because you have much good stored up for many years. Well, that sounds like a good businessman. He's prospered. He's increased with goods. He says he has need of nothing. He thanks God is for it. But then there's a voice from heaven that comes that night. Watch out for that night. It's in the night when the man child is born. It's a night when the work of God is revealed. It's in the night. Weeping and dirt for a night, but joy comes in that morning. He comes to us as the morning, the form of the latter rain. Thou fool, this night thy soul should be required of thee. Why? He didn't kill anybody. He didn't lie, cheat, steal. So is he that is rich toward self. Laodicea and not rich toward God. That's your Laodicean. And one of uh, any problems you have in, in the churches, you'll find the remedy to it in one of these seven churches. And that is... In the lay of Philadelphia, those that have come against you for no reason at all, showing discord, railing up on you, well, hold on. They kept the word of his patience because his son will make them come down, worship before thy feet, and make them know that I've loved you. They say of the synagogue, they, they're of God, they're the temple of God, the synagogue of God, but they're not. They're the synagogue of Satan. They've never had the spiritual circumcision of the heart. They didn't think it was necessary. Later, see it thinks, well, you can have all the world, all kinds of investment portfolios and stock portfolios, investment portfolios, and be rich toward self and say, God has blessed you and claim those riches are God. Many have erred thinking that gain is godliness. That's Laodicea from such turn away. If riches increase, don't set your heart upon them, but always be willing to communicate. Let God get it through you. If he gets it to you, let him get it through you. Don't be rich toward self and lose your soul. That's what he's saying here. And he says, as many as I love, I use this chastening rod. And no chastening for the present time seemeth to be joyous. But afterward, yields yields of peaceable fruits of righteousness. That is... uh, Christ in you coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, which is your wedding garment. And he says here, as many as I love, I rebuke, I rebuke and I chasten. Whip. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Don't turn against God because you're being whipped. Tribulation, persecution arises for the word's sake and by and by they're offended and bring forth no fruits unto perfection. Don't be one of those. Don't be in Laodicea. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door. Well, notice that Philadelphia had an open door. It's not open in Laodicea. Jesus is still beating on the door, knocking on the door to get in. Philadelphia, there's an open door to them. But not so in Laodicea. Jesus is standing at the door knocking. This is not for salvation of the soul. This is for the believer. Uh, for the newcomer to come into God. This is for the believer that already has the Holy Ghost. 
that says, I have need of nothing. I'm blessed of God, and that's it. I'm blessed. I don't have any need for God. I'm prospering. I am I have, have, um, rich. I'm increased with goods. God has blessed me, but did not realize the cross. The, cru- the crucifixion life of Jesus in you, why it's so necessary for your cross. He said, I stand at the door and knock. And he says, if any man hear my voice, it's the voice of God. He's speaking. And you have to open the door. That's obedience. Then Jesus said, I will, not maybe, I will come in to you, to him, sup with him and he with me. You'll have a a fellowship with the Lord where you'll know his voice as an overcomer. You will know his voice and an obedience to be an overcomer. But he stand at the door and knocked. You have to obey. You have to open that door. You have to be willing to change. And that many of the rich will not do. He said to him that overcometh, when I notice this, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, that's Jesus in the days of his flesh, glorified it to the highest state of glory that we believers can attain to as adopted sons and daughters of God through the spirit of adoption. Jesus is not an adopted spirit. He is that spirit. As he says here, even as I overcame and I'm set, not S-I-T in positional like set, but S-E-T, a forever settled state of glory. And I am set down with my father in his throne, not beside it, not at the right hand of God, in it. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So he said, if anyone will overcome and do my will unto perfection, to the measure of the statue of fullness Christ, I will grant that overcomer to sit with me in my throne, that place I prepared for you. Sit, a positional state, positionally. But where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame in the days of his flesh, death, burial, and resurrection, and was glorified back to the Father's own self, John 17, 5, with the glory he had before the world was, before he laid it aside to become their uh, servant, uh, to die for our sins of the world, take away the sin of the world, that he lay aside that glory to become a man, a servant. And that servant is God himself, Isaiah 43, 10. He said, but then, as I overcame and I am set, I've always been God. It's a settled state of glory. I laid it aside for a while so I could redeem him, but now I've taken it all back. And where are you, Jesus. I am set down with my Father in his throne. All power in heaven and earth given to me, Matthew 28, 18. That same Jesus, that one you crucified, the man, Christ Jesus, the Son of God, God hath made him both Lord and Christ, Acts 2, 36. He's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty and Christ, the Holy Ghost that's in you now, if you are filled with the Spirit of God. He is that blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. That is God himself, the man, Christ Jesus, who is a blessed and only potentate, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Peter, James, John, none of the apostles, can set down in. He's entered in which no man can enter into, nor see, nor can see. 
That's Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. Revelation 1, 8. We see that through the Word of God. And so there we have the seven churches and what it means to be an overcomer. And that's still not the final sealing. These are young men. I'm writing to you young men because the Word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. These are the overcomers. That's Revelation 2 and Revelation 3. We must all overcome. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and to a perfect man, growing up into him in all things, all truth, so that we will not be tossed to and prone by every wind of doctrine. The Holy Ghost is more witness with your spirit that this is the truth. We would love to hear from you. You can call me if you'd like to be one, and then we get to know each other and work together in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and the work of the ministry. My country code is 1 plus 903-746-4885. Give me a call, leave a message, and I'll get back to you. We have many phone calls, and we have many ministers calling. We want to work with you. Please leave a message. There, or you can write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us or question if you have over the website, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Well, we want to thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offering, whereby we keep the podcast coming to you over the air. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.